Tyler win an MVP this year? I hope so. Uh, you guys are you guys are up to something. This was the worst comments I ever got on a high-rated quarterback, and I've been doing this a long time. Run up pads on, so we're not gonna talk about a whole lot of nothing. Tuesday is sparring day. Wednesday is day that we install everything that we're gonna do in the game, and Thursday we just turn it up a notch, you know. I feel like week seven has come quick, man. It's kind of flying by. Yeah, I'm with Lee. It's flying by for me. Can't believe we're already at the uh, the halfway point, pretty much. So, um, hey, man, for better big, or for worse, we're here. Thursday night matchup with the the Giants and the Eagles, baby. The NFC East it just keeps getting uh, keeps getting worse. Seems with with every uh, passing week of games, and for the Eagles, I think this is an important juncture for them because uh, I, I still feel like that they are the favorite to win the division um, with the ish injury things in, in Dallas and just with the Washington team and the Giants being kind of where they're at. Uh, Andrew Thomas is back starting at left tackle. He was benched the last game because of missing a team meeting or being late to it. Um, but still, man, Daniel Jones making you know mistakes every single game when he can't afford to. Um, last week in the third quarter, they were in the red zone, was pressured through a brutal pick. Um, you know, they, the Giants ended up being able to win that game, but almost lost it, and, you know, giving up a last-second touchdown drive and then holding on the two-point conversion uh, there from Washington. So uh, I like Philly in this one at home. There's going to be some fans uh, there at the link. Giants just have not been overly impressive, and um, the Daniel Jones experience has kind of even has just leveled off a little bit. It seems like so. I'm I'm with the Eagles. With the Giants, one would it shock me? Uh, no, because it's the NFC East. But uh, I like Philly. Yeah, I'm with you, Clep. I think this is a huge game for Philly. Um, you say they're the favorite now, and I would probably agree with you. But the race is going to be extremely close. I know the Cowboys got embarrassed in prime time last week on Monday. But they're still alive and well, leading the division. Um, and they play the football team, like we'll review later. So it's not like they have a pretty tough matchup this week. Um, so in order for the Eagles to kind of keep pace, this is a huge game at home. Um, so, yeah, I think everything you said about Daniel Jones is nearly spot on. Um, and I think the Eagles are just going to end up, one, making more big plays than the Giants. And probably, I mean, we'll see who wins the turnover battle. I think that should be pretty interesting. But... I would lean towards Philadelphia and look for Carson Wentz to just kind of play his cleanest game of the year here against an inferior opponent. So, yeah, I like the Eagles. I don't know if i touch the five, but I like the Eagles. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm completely with you guys, and I guess I have an even stronger of a take. Um, I think, you know, I, I think the Eagles are going to win by at least, at least seven. Um, I think this is going to be potentially a double-digit win for the Eagles. Uh, I'm with you, Clep. I think they should be the favorite to win the division. They're at plus 140 right now to win the division where I'm at. Cowboys are still the favorite. Um, I think that's a great bet. Um, I think, you know, with them getting healthier, Deshaun Jackson is back tonight for whatever that's worth. I think that'll help them, uh, you know, have a little bit more of a sturdy deep threat instead of, you know, the, the rookie Hightower and, um, you know, everything else they have. I know losing Miles Sanders uh, and, and Zach Ertz, you know, is, is a little bit of a blow for this team. But overall, um, you know, I think both the Giants and the, the football team were pretty disappointing last last week. But uh, you know, the Giants especially needing that defensive, the fumble recovery to you know to get that touchdown and then getting the, the two point stand. I think that's you know a little bit of a fraudulent win. Um, and I think the Eagles are just a much better team than them. And I think you know, like you guys said, I think this is going to be a clean game for Wentz and just really a, a huge spot for the Eagles at home on Thursday night. So. I definitely would touch the four and a half, and I would bet this all the way up to probably six and a half. The uh, Lions are visiting Atlanta Falcons this week, a uh, matchup with two teams who have made history this year for blowing fourth quarter leads. Um, and the Falcons have obviously already fired Dan Quinn, and they got their first win last week against Minnesota, pretty much thoroughly uh, beating them. 
uh, getting three turnovers off Kirk Cousins in the first half and scoring 17 points off those turnovers and just playing a pretty uh, solid offensive game. Uh, Calvin Ridley left that game with cramps, but I think he, he should be good to go uh, for this one. The Lions uh, coming off their easily their most complete game uh, of the season, just beating up on the, on the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I think kind of both of these teams beating bad opponents last week um, pretty thoroughly. And I don't know. I'm not ready to get back on the, the Lions wagon per se. I think the Falcons, they, they, the defense was very promising last week for Detroit. Um, they just imposed their will against an inferior group on Jacksonville side. They finally were able to get some pressure against what is probably one of the worst offensive lines in the league, but still it counts for something when you've done absolutely nothing all year to uh, get you know pressure on the quarterback. So um, I think Atlanta will be a better test to see if you know stuff has changed after the bye week uh, for this Lions defense. Um, honestly, I'd lean towards betting the Lions since they're you know kind of road dogs, but uh, I think this game is somewhat of a toss up just given these two teams' uh, records so far this year. So I, I would not bet it because I'm not going to bet the Lions for the rest of the season, but um, that's kind of where I stand. Yeah, I'm on the Falcons here. I think this is a great spot for the Lions to kind of just regress back to what we all thought they were before the Jacksonville yeah. game. Um, I know they played a good game against the Jaguars, but I'm not necessarily convinced that that's something that, you know, is a sign for them, you know, leading on to the rest of the season. I hopped off the Lions bandwagon pretty pretty early this year, and I'm going to stay consistent with that. And I think the Falcons have a little bit more going in their in their favor after firing the coach, after beating up on – you can say Minnesota obviously has just the same record as the Jags. I think they're a better team. Um, going into Minnesota, I think, is win in winning is harder than going into Jacksonville and winning. And, you know, Falcons going back home, I think they have more talent on their roster than the Lions do. I think this game will probably be close in the fourth quarter. But I would, pro I honestly, I'm not going to bet against the Lions, but I would lay the two and a half with the Falcons because it's under three. And I, I just see the Lions finding a way to lose this game in the fourth quarter and progressing back to what they have been. Um, before the Jacksonville game. Yeah, I'm kind of like with Klepp here. I don't really have a, a strong position on either. I think both of these offenses have the personnel to really expose the opposing defenses. Um, I don't know who on the Falcons can check Kenny Galladay, and I don't know, you know, obviously I think Akuda had a nice game last week against the Jags, but I don't know who's going to be able to check. I guess Ridley is hurt, but Julio still had a nice, you know, kind of coming out game for what it's worth against against a, another poor secondary in Minnesota. Um, and the Falcons' run defense has been has been pretty bad throughout the year. So I think what DeAndre Swift was able to do last week against Jacksonville with Adrian Peterson, um, I think the Lions should be able to get something going on the ground. But even with that you know, being said, I don't really kind of have a feel on either side. Um, I guess if I had to pick, I probably would take the Falcons. And if I had to play anything, I probably would take the Lions in a teaser, um, just tease them up to 8.5 because I do see this being – a close game in the fourth quarter. Um, and both of these defenses, I think, aren't really, you know, they're going to have trouble getting stopped. Uh, you're going to have, you know, trouble getting stops for each other. So um, this is a big, fat stay away for me, um, kind of like with you, Clep. But uh, I'll probably, you know, if I had to choose, I'd probably take the Falcons. Yeah, I think uh, Lions might be getting Desmond Trufant back this week. Uh, unfortunately, Julian Okwara, the third-round pick, went on to uh, IR with a leg injury. It's not... Potentially season-ending, but still tough to, to see your rookies kind of get out of the game, even after he played he played pretty well against um, Jacksonville. So um, it will be an interesting one to watch. I think it'll be a, a high-scoring game, too, if you're interested in the 54-and-a-half, both kind of historic, you know, as far as the season goes, pretty bad defenses and uh, capable offenses. So uh, let's go to the AFC North battle, the Browns visiting the Bengals, and Bengals are plus three and a half after blowing uh, a big lead to Indianapolis. Um, I don't know if they're going to get to that six total. Um, they've definitely put themselves in positions so far this year to get there. I don't know if they do. I kind of think this is a even, I don't know, it depends on how much um, carryover there is from last week where the Browns got absolutely embarrassed. But I think that you know, I still don't love Kevin Stefanski, but it's definitely a better run uh, machine than it was under Freddie Kitchens, where I don't know if the team morale will be such an issue. Uh, I kind of just like this as one of those classic Baker Mayfield um, bounce-back games against a, a worse opponent, and 
the Browns advance to, to five and two, which is still a you know respectable record, but they're kind of destined to me to get like a wild card spot and then lose in the first round of the playoffs type of team. Yeah, um, I don't know if I'm even that confident in the Browns. I wouldn't bet them in this game. I'll pick them to win. Um, three and a half, it's kind of curious to me. I, I think Cincinnati went into Cleveland on Thursday night, week two, I want to say, and really put up a hard fight against the Browns. The, the Browns kind of controlled the line of scrimmage, but um, that was when they did have Nick Chubb, and um, you know that wasn't you know uh, necessarily – they didn't necessarily control the game, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And – I mean, I think this could be, as although I'm picking the Browns, I think this could be a classic Cleveland Browns dumpster fire spot where they're coming off a 30-point loss to the Steelers and then they're going to Cincinnati. And this is a feisty Bengals team that has played well as an underdog this year. And if this game's close in the fourth quarter, I'm not counting the Bengals out by any means. Um, so if I had to make a play, I'd lay the three and a half with Cleveland just because I do think they're a better team all around. Um, and, you know, they, they would have won that game by more had Burrow not backdoored them on Thursday night week two. But uh, this could be a, a spot where things go from bad to worse for the Cleveland Browns. So that's for that reason, I'm staying away. Yeah, I think I'm kind of more with Klepp on this one. Um, I don't see I, – I do think Stefanski, I, I like what he's doing there. Um, I think kind of the problem with the Browns is, is Baker Mayfield. And I think Baker is kind of showing us who he is and – I think he's a quarterback that going up against a porous defense in Cincinnati, which is on the kind of the opposite end of the spectrum as, as Pittsburgh, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for this Browns offense to be explosive and be able to run the ball with Kareem Hunt and, you know, push the ball downfield. Um, I don't know what the status is of his rib injury. You know, maybe that is probably a little bit better than it obviously was last week against Pittsburgh. But um, I don't think that Cincinnati has the pass rush to kind of affect this, this Cleveland Offensive line. I don't know if um, Wyatt Teller is going to be back, but that would be huge for the Browns if he is indeed going to be back. Um, yeah, I would. I would play the Browns here. Maybe the Browns team total. I, I think they're going to be able to score points, uh, whether they win the game or not. And you know, I think I, I'm. I think Klepp uh, summed it up pretty well. You know, this is a Browns team that you know, is going to struggle against teams that are better than them, uh, against the Pittsburghs, the Baltimores in their own division, and, and, you know, the better teams of this of the conference. But when they're playing an inferior opponent in Cincinnati who, you know, has a, a huge bright spot in Joe Burrow but has been pretty, you know, CV on defense and has had some, you know, Mixon's, Mixon is hurt this week a little bit and A.J. Green wants to get out of there, and I'm not really sure what I think about Zach Taylor. Um, I think this is a great bounce-back spot for the Browns overall. So I'm, I'm on the Browns this week. Packers are visiting the Texans as three-and-a-half-point favorites. Lee, you and I were talking about how we kind of like the Packers uh, in this one from a betting angle. Yeah. Um, I can take it over from there, I guess. I mean, I like the Packers here in a bounce-back spot. I mean, last week, I think Tampa Bay absolutely handled them, but, you know, the game just snowballed after the pick six from, from Rodgers, and I don't think that's really who the Packers are. Um, they're going playing – on the road, but it's in a dome. The Texans' offense is always going to be live, but I just think that with the leadership of Aaron Rodgers and what the Packers had been before this Buccaneers game, some people were saying they're the best team in the league, um, and just kind of how snake-bitten some of it by their own you know, uh, decisions the Houston Texans have been this year. Um, you look at the late game against Minnesota, then you fire Bill O'Brien, and then Romeo Cornell last week, we can talk about the decision to go for two to try to put the game away. Um, I don't know why these coaches – don't understand that two-point conversions are, are pretty difficult. Um, but, yeah, the Texans, their season is slowly slipping out of their fingertips. I think that division is really pretty much in control. Um, Tennessee is pretty much in control, and then the Colts are kind of vying for that two spot, and, and they're in a much better position than Houston is. So I think this is a spot where the Packers go in and uh, their defense is much better than Houston's, and I'd say their offense is – on a, on a good day for Houston, the offenses are a wash. So I'm going to lean Packers here to win by a touchdown. I like the three and a half. I, I'm doing three best bets this week, and it's not in my three best bets, but it would be the fourth one. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think this is a great bounce back spot for the Packers. Um, you know, I think obviously the uh, the Packers they got out to the ten point lead, and I think we kind of saw Tampa Bay's defense continue. They've got so much talent all over the defensive side of the ball and Todd Todd Bowles is just a really good defensive coordinator and knows how to um, you know pressure pressure the opposing quarterback and really you know knows the team's weakness and then on the other side of the coin 
Houston has an awful run defense, doesn't have a good pass defense, and the Packers, I think, are going to be able to run the ball with ease with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and perhaps A.J. Dillon. Um, I know David Bakhtiari being out is a little concerning, but I just don't think that Houston has the pieces on defense to really make that, uh, you know, the disparity that it, it, you know, should be probably with a better defense. So I think this is a great bounce back spot for the Packers. Um, they got a little bit of a wake up call coming out of the bye against Tampa last week. And, you know, I just think they have the advantage uh, all over the field. So I'm, I would definitely play the Packers minus three and a half here. Yeah, Houston is just um, struggling, I think, on, on offense a little bit. And even despite Deshaun, I just don't really trust them overall to hang with the Packers. And despite, um, you know, the Packers kind of laying an egg last week against the Buccaneers, everything that could have gone wrong for them kind of did. And I don't think, you know, you're going to get back-to-back weeks with Aaron Rodgers throwing a pick six and two picks. So um, I like the Packers as well. The Panthers are visiting the Saints. My Panthers but uh, unfortunately they couldn't pull it out against the Bears uh, last week. A better defense just kind of got the, you know, the handle on Bridgewater and that offense there. Um, I'm going to stick with the Saints here, uh, even though there's questions about Michael Thomas uh, again this week with uh, a hamstring injury popping up. Lee, uh, Lee's trade looking better and better uh, by the minute. And uh, I, I still trust the Saints to win this one. I don't know if I'd lay the touchdown and a half, but... Um, I'll, I'll stick with the Saints. Yeah, this is my first best bet. Uh, the Panthers plus seven and a half. I think this number is way too high. I think the Saints are still massively overvalued. I understand they're coming off the bye and they're probably going to get Michael Thomas back, but this is a Panthers team that's been really feisty all year. They're absolutely still in the com- playoff conversation with the extra spot, and this would be a huge win for them. I don't know if I have the stones to take them outright, but honestly, if I were setting this line, it would be closer to six and a half or maybe even five and a half just because – um, you know, once you get over a touchdown here, the Saints really struggled against the Chargers, who I think the Pan- you know the, the, the Panthers are they beat the Chargers, not to use the transit property because that doesn't work too often. But divisional game, Teddy going up against his former team. Um, I don't think the Saints offense has necessarily proven that they're clicking at the same rate that they have been the past few seasons. And I think the same goes for the defense. It's been a little banged up. I'm sure they're getting some guys back, but I just expect this game to be closer than a touchdown just because the Panthers are a really they're, they're proving to be a, a tough-nosed team that, you know, doesn't go out easy. Um, and I'm, I'm looking for a bounce-back spot for our boy Teddy Bridgewater Club. So I like the 7.5 here with Carolina. Yeah, I'm definitely on the Saints to win, but i got to agree with Lee. If I had to play a side, it would be the Panthers with 7.5. I think that number is just a little bit too big. Also, over 51, I think, is a little enticing because I think the Saints' pass defense, and their defense overall, but really especially their pass defense, I don't think is as good as it was in the last couple of years. I don't think... You know, Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Williams, their whole secondary, uh, I think is having a little bit of a down year. Maybe that's a result of the opponents that they've been playing. But I think that the Panthers have a live offense. And I think, you know, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, uh, Curtis Samuel, for what it's worth, and Mike Davis, you know, being a, a really good fill-in for McCaffrey. Uh, I think this offense is going to be live. Uh, I'll potentially like the Saints in a T spot down to one and a half because I, I do think that the Saints are going to win this game just because I believe that they're the better team. But uh, overall, seven and a half is too much. Probably a stay away from me. The the over is interesting, but uh, Saints to win. Panthers on the spread. The Bills are visiting the Jets, baby. It's a it's a plus twelve for the Jets at home. They're hoping Darnold is back. He practiced uh, limited uh, in practice yesterday, but I think they're hopeful that he starts on Sunday back from a, a shoulder injury. Um, I'll take the Bills. <laughs> I mean, uh, the Jets are, um, like, I think, Lee, it was you texting me saying that you think the Jets are probably one of the worst football teams you've ever watched. I mean, they went into Miami and just laid down before the game even began. It looked like Greg Williams and Adam Gase were yelling at each other or arguing, hard to tell, kind of behind the masks, but didn't seem like they were having a pleasant pregame conversation. Everything there just seems toxic. Yeah. Also, I do want to say... Um... Joe Flacco's terrible. It's just so bad. I, I knew he was bad, but you know he's really, he's he's almost like he it's almost like he should retire because he's making his career just look worse, like way worse now. Um, 
with how bad he is for the Jets. Like, if, you know, I don't know. It's just he's like worse than your average backup quarterback, like significantly worse than your average backup quarterback. I'd like to see, you know, someone else get a chance. To Chase Daniel in Detroit, you know. That's um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that there's a little bit of hope here for the Jets if they get Darnold back with the 12 points. Buffalo's kind of been sliding recently. I wouldn't come anywhere near it. Um, but I, I, something inside me just believes that the Jets aren't going to go 0-16. I don't know why necessarily because it kind of seems like they will. If you look at their schedule, it's not like they're going to be favored in any games down the line. Um, but just something something makes me feel like they're going to win one of these games. I don't know if it's going to be this weekend. I'd stay away from this game. Everyone and their mother is probably playing Buffalo and Survivor and even laying the 12 with them just because of the Jets' track record. But I'd stay away, especially if Donald's back. I, I like Donald a lot, so I don't like betting against him, and I think that he might ignite a little bit of a fire in this Jets team just because of how bad Flacco was. So if I had to make a play, I think the smart move would probably be laying the 12 the 12 with Buffalo, but I'm just going to pick them and pick them and, and stay away from the game. Yeah, I mean, if if Flacco is starting, I got to believe that this line is going to get pushed up even more. Um, I think, you know, the uncertainty is probably the only reason why it's staying where it's at. Um, but even if Darnold's in, you know, that would be their best chance at covering the 12. I think Buffalo's defense is a little bit worse this year, especially their pass defense. They haven't been as sturdy as they were last year. Um, but that being said, you know, the, the Jets are a train wreck. With Darnold or not, I think Darnold's the only hope they have at, you know, keeping this within the number and maybe getting one one win. Like, I'm, I'm with you, Lee, if, if he's playing. Um, but overall, the, the Bills only being 12-point favorites, I think this is probably a two-touchdown victory for them. Josh Allen gets a bounce-back game after sputtering up on himself against two pretty good teams the past couple weeks. Um and yeah, the real question is, what's the line going to be next week for the Jets Chiefs? What is that going to open up at? I mean, probably maybe 20, 21. <laughs> I don't know. You know, 17 to 21, somewhere in there. So, um, yeah, I, this is a this is probably a stay away for me. And, you know, this is a, a Bills survivor lock of the week, probably. Could be looking at a, at a Vikings Bills situation from two years ago. Yep. Maybe the Jets come out firing. Yep. Darnold's hurdling. Darnold's hurdling. Uh, yeah. Darnold's hurdling. Trey Edmonds. Yep, something like that. I don't know. Um, the uh, Steelers, man, visiting the Titans. This is kind of the game of the week, I think. Um, two five and zero teams going at it. This is also the rescheduled COVID game. Uh, this was supposed to be the Steelers by week, or I think so. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, but. Well, no, they were supposed to play the Ravens this week and then get a Yeah, game. and that game got moved to next week. So uh, Steelers and Titans, uh, both 5-0. and Titans, I mean, looking uh, really really impressive. I mean, they kind of trounced the Bills and then had an incredible comeback win against the, the Texans. Um, Vrabel's big kind of heady time management move uh, towards the end of that game got a lot of attention earlier in the week. I'm going to go with the Steelers here. I like them plus two. I would bet that because um, I just I think the Steelers are, are definitely uh, a really, really strong team this year. And I just I love Tomlin. I also love Vrabel. I mean, this is this is going to be a really great game. Going to have this, um, you know, my eye on this one for sure. And uh, I mean, no, no Devin Bush for the rest of the year, which really sucks. Um, and it's a big, big loss for the, the Steelers defense. Too so um, kind of a lot of angles to this one. How, how do you feel about it, Lee? I'm on the Steelers here, man. I'm kind of surprised they're an underdog. I think this is a COVID revenge spot. I think Tomlin's going to be fueling his guys with some COVID, some COVID bye week. You know, a little bit of motivation there. Um, and you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to be the Scrooge, but I think that the media is overvaluing the Tennessee Titans. I do think they're a really good team. They're going to be in the playoff picture, absolutely. But they hard, you know, they 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 live in the fourth quarter, and that's awesome. But you know, they they squeezed out of that Jacksonville game. They squeezed out of that Houston game. There's been a Minnesota. lot of games for Tennessee, Minnesota, that have really, you know, it's awesome that they can execute in the fourth quarter. But at a certain point, you have to ask yourself why they're getting there so often against teams that they should be beating, um, you know, by by more than you know three points. And I think the Steelers have just played clean football all year. Obviously, prayers up for Devin Bush. I mean, that's our guy. Seeing him go down was was heart wrenching, um, but I think it's next man up for Pittsburgh, and I like the value on the money line. You're getting just over an even bet on the Steelers. 
Um, and I'd take that. I mean, I think this is more of a game that I'm going to want to watch. I haven't put it in any of my real bets. It's not in my best bets. But, uh, but I'm picking the Steelers, and, and I think they're going to kind of send the, the Tennessee love um, down to earth. And, you know, Vrabel getting a lot of credit, deservedly so. Um, but I just think that the media is buying a little bit too much into, into Tennessee right now. Yeah, I'm on the Steelers too. Um, you guys you guys forgot to mention that Taylor Lewan, another Michigan Wolverine, is done for the year, and that's kind of where a big part of my handicap comes from is just the, the Pittsburgh pass rush, their defensive line, one of the better units in the league, going up against whatever, uh, you know, whoever is going to be the replacement. I don't even know who the left tackle, uh, the backup left tackle is in Tennessee. I think that's a huge advantage spot for, for Pittsburgh. And I also think, you know, I mean, I probably would disagree with you a little bit, Lee. I think the Titans, they have lived in the fourth quarter, but I do think that they have a proven formula. I think their offense, what Art Smith has did, did last year and now is doing this year with the running game and the play action that comes off of that with two really good weapons in Jonu Smith and A.J. Brown, I definitely think this team is for real. And Ryan Tannehill... I think you know we should give respect to as being one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Whether that how much of that is do, uh, how much of that is due to the scheme or to his you know true talent is you know up for debate. But he's a guy who is athletic, um, can improvise on plays, and you know they have good weapons. And I think he operates well. Derrick well. Henry makes it all work. Completely, he completely does. But uh, again, um, you know he's he's there. He's healthy. He's gonna be he's gonna be a factor. And then Pittsburgh on offense. I think, you know, is, is humming along James Conner running probably a five flat 40, but is, you know, just, uh, he's effective. He's effective. Exactly. He's, he's tough to bring down. They've got a good run run scheme and, you know, they have four legit, uh, weapons at receiver, the chase Claypool's emergence, uh, and then Juju Deontay Johnson and, and James Washington and Ben Roethlisberger has been, you know, hasn't been fantastic by any means, but is operating well within this offense and this is a Tennessee defense that I think is exploitable so ultimately I'm on Pittsburgh as well completely agree with you guys this is the game of the week um you know if I I probably yeah I mean I probably am going to end up playing Pittsburgh I think they're definitely the side that I probably would make this even um but yeah so I'm on I'm on Pittsburgh as well with you guys um Tommy I mean what's uh What's happening here? Uh, you know, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I, I maybe I jinxed them, or I maybe should have listened to you guys a little bit, uh, a little, little bit, a little bit more. Obviously, you know, losing losing Dak is is huge, but these problems persisted with Dak. Um, I mean, they they looked like one of the worst teams in the NFL against Arizona on Monday night. I mean, there's not much more to say. Uh, the Reports from, from from Jenny Slater coming out about the players. You know, they, McCarthy doesn't know what he's doing. All that stuff is is definitely troubling. Um, the play calling against Arizona was was troubling. Um, I mean, overall, this is a team that I think could be in in a bit of a free fall right now. And um, although looking, they they got the football team going to travel to to FedEx Field this week. It looks enticing with the Cowboys. It being a pick 'em, it just moved live line on the podcast it just moved to Cowboys minus a half looks like they're getting some money which I completely understand why that looks enticing to people I think this is a nice potential balance back spot for the Cowboys but we just watched an Arizona pass rush which is probably one of the worst units in the league from a pass rush perspective especially without Chandler Jones just destroy a Cowboys offensive line that just lost their backup left tackle Brandon Knight uh you know to it to a knee injury and you're going up against a Washington pass rush that has multiple dudes, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Ryan Kerrigan, and then um, Payne and Allen on the inside. Um, and then the Dallas secondary, I mean, this Washington offense is, is not very good, but this is, it looks like most offenses, the Giants offense isn't very good. They can throw put up points on the Cowboys defense. I think the Cardinals are relatively fraudulent. They were able to just run rough shot on the Cowboys defense. Um, you know, I'm not saying that you should be back in Washington here, but I think this game is a little bit of a coin flip, and, you know, I'd be happy and I'd be pleasantly surprised if the Cowboys came out and, and dominated Washington like I think they would have a week ago if we had this conversation. But right now I just don't think this is necessarily a good matchup for the Cowboys, and they seem to be 
uh, and a bit of a free fall. And Andy Dalton is not going to be good if he's getting pressured, you know. And if and if you're if you can't protect your quarterback against Arizona, I don't know how you're going to be able to do it against the football team. And it doesn't matter how good your receivers are um, against a Washington, you know, secondary that I think is can be exploited. Um, Dalton is not going to be able to operate within a system and you know do what he wants to do, and they're not going to be able to run the ball. Uh, and you know, I think Zeke's going to have a bounce back game. You know, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling here, but the Cowboys are in free fall. This is a this looks like a dumpster fire. Um, you know, I I don't know what else to say. Uh, this potentially could be a uh, Washington football win spot for for my bet against Lee. You know, I you know I don't you know I don't really. <laughs> I don't really know. I mean, I'm going to pick the Cowboys to win because this is a must-win for them in the same way, even more than the Philly Giants game is. Uh, but when it's just not really a good matchup for them, you know. And I think most teams are going to be a good matchup against the Cowboys now. If you have any type of pass rush, uh, you're going to be giving that offense a lot of trouble. So this is a stay away for me. Um, yeah. Best bet number two: Dallas Cowboys minus uh, a half, minus one, minus two and a half. As long as it's under three. Um, I'm not, I guess if you're a listener, you could just assume that I think of Washington, what Tommy thinks of the giants and Tommy thinks of the giants, what I think of Washington. I think that's a good way to do it. Um, like I, I think if the Cowboys were playing the giants this week, um, and this was the line, Tommy would be a little bit more enticed to take them. I just think that you want to talk about a free fall. The Washington football team is in a free fall. They just lost to the New York giants who Tommy thinks is the worst team in the NFL besides the jets. Um, I know it came down to a two-point conversion, but they lost nonetheless. Um, this is a great – this is such a quintessential get-right spot for the Cowboys. I don't care what the players are saying about the coaches. You're a game up in the division. Philly's playing the Giants at home. You're going to play a listless Washington team who's starting Kyle Allen as their quarterback. Sure, they have a good D-line. Their linebackers aren't overly impressive, and their secondary is bad. I like Zeke to rush for over 100 yards and a touchdown. He's not going to fumble twice. I think you lose that Cardinals game with or without Dak. You got outplayed in every facet of the game, and Zeke fumbled twice. You're not going to win games doing that. Um, I think this is a coachable week. It's a gut-check week for the Cowboys. Obviously, it's within the realm of possibility that they lose the game. It's the NFL, and that would be extremely unfortunate for them. But I'll, I'll plug my nose and take the Cowboys here. You're getting an even bet against the football team. I mean, I think the football team is a bottom three team in the NFL. And sure, you can make an argument that the Cowboys are getting there, but they got a game-up lead in the division, and they have way more talent on the offensive side of the football. So game plan for Dalton to get the ball out of his hands a little bit quicker, get it to CD, get it to Amari, maybe get that boy Gallup a few targets. I don't know. But uh, I like the Cowboys to win this one by anywhere from 3 to 10. Yeah, Gallup is a bench city this week. I'm, I'm tired of it. Um, it's, it's too hit or miss, and then when you add Dalton into the mix, it just is a general miss. Um, I won't. I don't I mean not much more to add here. I'll just say, Tommy, thanks for recognizing uh, me and Lee in the early early throws of the season. We were talking I about. I shouted out Mike Nolan's poor piss poor, uh, you know, his track record. Well, and and season. I mean, and we talked about if this team suffers injuries, that they're screwed. I, I hated their depth on this team, and you're kind of seeing that happen now. Although I won't I won't toot my horn too much because my uh, Mike McCarthy takes are are taken on water, but. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll stick with the Cowboys here. Um, kind of, I mean, if it if they lose this one, um, I'm, I don't know if I'll pick them to win another game the rest of the year. I, yeah. Hey, I hope you guys are right. The last thing I'll add is I just don't see how if I just don't see what we saw in Arizona. The offensive line is just awful. Zach Martin's in concussion protocol. Tommy, the same thing never happens two weeks in a row in the NFL. Well, no, that's not when I, I, it's just, it's just like a game state you, thing. It's just the Cowboys. How is that offense going to be successful against any, forget Washington. If Arizona is getting pressure on them with Ben Gardeck is getting a, a you know, a strip sack. What do you think Montez Sweat, Chase Young and Gardeck, Gardeck is good, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. Again. Yeah, sure. He's good, but it's just, the the Arizona Cardinals do not have they're not you know they're not known for their edge rushers. It's just the Cowboys' offensive line right now. You're on your third string left tackle. You have you are, have no starters or they have no starting offensive linemen right now. It's just a uh, I struggle to see. Yeah, you absolutely have the right to be pessimistic. I'm not. I'm just saying that I I hate I hate betting on the Dallas Cowboys more than probably anybody you know. But I just think that 
it's a, it's like an even line right now against Washington. No, like, completely. I'm taking the yeah, no, I, I get think that. This is a get right spot. They lost by friggin' a hundred last week to Arizona at home. They got embarrassed. I don't think they're gonna repeat that performance. I think they're gonna clean some things up. I think Dalton's going to play a better, more complete game. I think Zeke's going to play a better, more complete game. And I ultimately think Washington's a way worse team than Arizona. So I think you're just going to get a a cleanup spot for Dallas to kind of stay in this division competition and to push Washington one game further back in the division competition. Yeah, I think they're going to struggle to put up points. And that's that's not going to be good for their their chances to win the game. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Seahawks visiting the Cardinals. I think this would be game of the week number two. Um, I, these games are always nuts. They never seem to, uh, you know, be easy wins for one team or the other, no matter what the records, um, say, but now both of these teams have winning records, a big game in the division as well. Uh, it's, I mean, all, all four of those teams in the NFC West are, are trending kind of upwards right now. I like, uh, the Seahawks, I guess, but, uh, it's, it's a close line. I'll pick the Seahawks to win, but I'm kind of staying away from from betting this one either way. Um, I don't know. I just I think I just trust Russell Wilson a little bit more, and than than Kyler. Obviously, I mean the the Cardinals haven't kind of figured out all their issues uh, offensively, despite a, what was a pretty good game from from Kenyon Drake, who has struggled all year. I'm I might be chalking that game up a little more to issues on the Cowboys side than the Cardinals maybe turning the corner. Um, still, both two very good teams. I like the Cardinals still to make the playoffs and everything, um, but I'll just stick with the, kind of the Seahawks here. But, I mean, I think this one has the potential to be high scoring and, uh, and a real exciting one in the desert. Yeah, I'm on the Cardinals here, man. I'm on the Cardinals hype train. Um, I, I'm not really buying into the Cardinals too much. I just think the Seahawks are kind of due for a loss. They, yeah. they, they, they nearly lost to Minnesota. They go into the bye week. I know they're coming fresh off a of bye week. But Arizona just dredged through a three-game road trip where they didn't play very well until, you know, they played the Jets and then obviously the Cowboys. They're coming back home to the toaster. Things are clicking on offense. I think the Seahawks' defense is just brutal, man. They really, especially with Jamal Adams out, they they seem to be kind of relying on completely on Russell Wilson to win them games. And on the other side of the token, that, that Cardinals' defense, I mean, say what you want about the Cowboys' offense, it's a different machine with Buda Baker out there on the field. Uh, especially when he's playing like that. So I think that this is going to be a close game. It's going to be an ugly game. I hate this game because I lost Survivor on Week 17 picking the Seahawks like two years ago when I think like John Skelton was the quarterback. <laughs> Whatever, the Cardinals, they were the Kevin Cobb maybe. Like nine and a half and they yeah. lost 16 to 19 or something like that. So this is always an ugly game. I would honestly probably lean to the under, but I'm never betting a game total again. Um but I'm going to take the Cardinals here. I'm not going to put any money on it. I'll take them and pick them just because I think, this, like I said, the Seahawks are due for a loss. I don't think they're going to lose more than four games this year, but I think this will be one of them. And the Cardinals, man, this could be a season-changing win for them to go boost up to 5-2 and two and 2-0 two and oh in the division. Those division games could be pretty crucial coming down the line. So I like what the Cardinals are doing. I think they're going to expose the Seahawks' defense a little bit, and I think we might get a little bit of a shootout. But ultimately, I, I, I like the cards here. Yeah, um... You guys know me. I love Kyler Murray. I think, you know, he's I, – I, I said he was a top-five quarterback before the season, but the Cardinals are fraudulent, plain and simple. This is, this team is – they got they got two Zeke fumbles that give them half fields against the Cowboys. Their offense is not very efficient. They still are working out the kinks, like Klepp, you alluded to. And the Seahawks are coming off a bye with, you know, a better quarterback, and I just think they're, they're a better team um, overall. I think maybe the Cardinals backdoor this three and a half potentially maybe by, by coming back, but I see the Seahawks getting out to a bit of a lead. Um, you guys are right. These games are always kind of weird and funky and close, but I just can't buy into the Cardinals right now when I think um, that they have issues on offense. I'm, I'm still skeptical of their offense. Um, the Cowboys, what they did against the Cowboys um, defense, I think was – if you kind of, I mean, we all watched the game. They had a bunch of, they had great field position for the majority of the game. They got out to that 21 to nothing lead. And obviously Kyler's rushing ability is kind of the great equalizer and it will continue to be. Um, they're going to be able to, he's going to be able to run and scamper around against um, the Seahawks. Obviously Bobby Wagner is, you know, one of the better middle linebackers in the NFL. He's going to have his, his hands fill and trying to contain him. But I just think the Seahawks are the class of this division. They're a better team than the Cardinals, 
And I just think, you know, the Cardinals, again, this might be a, a year too early on them. Um, I don't, you know, their passing game, I think, is uh, it's a little it's a little weird to me. Um, they can, you know, feed New Hopkins as much as they want. But I just think that the Seahawks are a better team, you know, coming off the bye. And I kind of want to fade the Cardinals offense right now. So that's where I'm at. I do want to say one thing real quick, uh, alluding to what Tommy said about the Cardinals' offense, is that um, Kyler missed some major throws in that Cowboys game, too. Like, he did not play very well early, and then that last throw in the fourth quarter, I want to say to Larry Fitzgerald, he just sailed it. So I think once he starts settling in, I believe he will start to settle in and be able to make those throws. I don't know if it's going to happen instantaneously, but once he does, I think that might be kind of the missing piece to finding a little bit more consistency in this offense. I obviously think more of the offense than you do, but I will say that a um, certain amount of that blame has to be on the shoulders of Kyler Murray when he's uh, sailing easy throws like that. The Chiefs are traveling to, to Mile High in AFC West Divisional matchup, and the Broncos coming off of a big win uh, against the Patriots. Um, I don't know if I would say it was impressive, but it's a, it's a win in New England, um, which historically have been more difficult to come by, but... Uh, Patriots may not be exactly who maybe we thought they were. We'll get to them in, in a couple games here. Uh, I like the Chiefs, and I'll you know lay the nine and a half. Um, you know, Drew Locks too stayed making some mistakes uh, down the game in his first start back from injury. Um, you know, Broncos are still trying to uh, evaluate him, but at the very least, last week they kept their season alive. And um, you know, I, I kind of even you know the Chiefs' defense has been. Um, relatively surprising this year uh, in their ability to uh, just keep teams, you know, scoring low. After you know, last year, their defense was not not necessarily as good. So, despite that, I still think that this could be a spot where, I mean, any time that the Chiefs are playing in a game where the over is in the 40s, um, I mean, the Chiefs can kind of get 35 on their own against anyone. So, I'd be intrigued at, at that number in terms of the the, the total for the game. But uh, I would take the Chiefs, and I'll lay the nine and a half. Yeah, I'm on the Broncos here again. I was on them last week against New England, and uh, I'm on them again. I mean, nine and a half is disrespectful. I think this Broncos team, say what you want, I despise Drew Locke. I don't think he's very good. I think he's better than Jeff Driscoll, and he's better than, you know, Blake Bortles or whoever the heck else they, you know, uh, Brett Rippon. Um, but I just think that this is a well-coached Denver team with a good defense, and I like Phillip Lindsay when they're giving him the ball. I think what they're going to get Melvin back. Um, and I just think this is too big of a number. I like the Chiefs to win, but, you know, throw the altitude comments out there, and, you know, it's a divisional game in Denver. I think this defense is rough and rowdy, and, you know, I think the Chiefs end up winning maybe by a touchdown. Um, but And I'm not going to play the game, but if I had to, I'll take the 9.5 with the Broncos. So if you can get it at 10, too, sure. Um, I don't think this is going to be a blowout by any means. I think this is a Broncos team that's kind of getting overlooked. Honestly, their losses are to good football teams. So... Um, and the Chiefs, man, I mean, the Chiefs look good and all, but I don't think they're necessarily the world beaters that everyone thought they were, you know, letting up 40 points to the Raiders. And then the Bills had a couple opportunities to get back into that game if Josh Allen could make a couple more throws um, or if they could for one second control the line of scrimmage. I mean, the Chiefs are just basically running the ball for four and a half, five yards a clip, which is, which is tough to watch. They will not be able to do that against the Denver Broncos. Um, so I'll take the nine and a half with the Broncos. Yeah, I don't really don't know what to uh, to think about this game and this line. Definitely a stay away for me, but I, I tend to agree with Lee that it is a pretty big number. But then again, um, you could see the Chiefs kind of just get out to an early lead, or, and they can score points in bunches. And I still am skeptical of this this Broncos team and this Broncos offense uh, specifically. I do think their defense is is pretty good, especially going up against you know. New England, I, I don't really know what to how much weight I'm going to put into that New England loss. They obviously, you know, had all the COVID stuff and, you know, weren't practicing and then come up against against Denver. I think, you know, that might have been a kind of a one-off for them. But for the Chiefs, you know, I'm definitely going to pick them to win. Clep, I, I like where you're at with the total. Um, I do have questions about Denver being able to, you know, make, you know, score, as, score their side of the bargain to kind of make that total come true. Um, but overall, this is stay away from me. Going to be picking the Chiefs. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to think of this game. The Chiefs are probably going to win, and I wouldn't be shocked if the if the Broncos cover the number. 
Yeah, but I mean, the Chiefs, though, I mean, they lost had lost that game to the, the Raiders at home, so they're not necessarily uh, invincible or anything. So, yeah, anything can happen. The next game here is uh, Jags and Chargers, two one-win teams, but uh, one of the one-win teams looks a whole heck of a lot better than the other one. Uh, I like Herbert to get his first win uh, in the NFL with this game. After being frisky and beating the Colts week one, uh, the Jaguars have become who I think all of us thought they were. Uh, before the season began, and that's just a team with uh, a guy at quarterback who can make a couple plays, but is generally uh, is going to be a backup for for a while in this league, and just depth issues all over uh, the roster. So uh, I like the Chargers in this one here. Even you know the seven half is a lot for a team like the Chargers who tend to blow leads and do Charger things. Um, so I don't know if I would. You know, be so hot and taking that, but still, the, the Jags have looked uh, pretty bad uh, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, um, I'll pick the Chargers to win. If I had to take a number, I'd take the Jags with the seven and a half. I think Ooh. betting on the Chargers with seven, laying seven and a half is like you're wishing you're you're wishing yourself to lose money. Um, the Chargers find ways to let other teams back into games. They're 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 like almost in that Lions territory where they're just snake bitten. Um, so I think this could be a sneaky for those who are alive in survivor pools. You know, it's a tough survivor week. If you don't have the bills available, you're probably taking the chargers against the Jags. And I think this could be a sneaky elimination week. Wouldn't be surprised if the Jags won this game. Um, I think the char the chargers are still dealing with a little bit of, uh, inconsistency on their team. So I'm going to take the chargers and pick them, but I would not be in a rush at all to, to lay over a touchdown with, uh, with the one win chargers. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to touch this line either, but definitely lean Chargers if I had to, just because I think they match up really well against the Jacksonville defense. And then on the other side of the ball, I think their defense is still pretty darn good. They can get pressure on Gardner Minshew in that offensive line, and then they have a pretty pretty sturdy secondary. Um, you know, Joshua Kelly, Josh Jackson, whatever, whoever their running back you know is, I think they're going to be able to run the ball. And then Hunter Henry, Keenan Allen are going to be able to make slight work, I think, of this secondary and linebacker unit. And... They're coming off the bye. Um, I'm with you, Clap. I like this to be Herbert's, uh, you know, spot to to get a victory. And I think that you know Herbert's been playing well, and this is this is a defense that isn't really going to be able to give him issues. So I think he's going to be able to kind of have free reign and chuck the ball all over the yard. And you know, I, I struggle to see how Jacksonville is really going to to limit him. So um, definitely not confident in taking the Chargers minus seven and a half. But if I had to play a side, that would be the side that that I would play. The uh, 49ers visiting the Patriots. This is a really, really interesting game, I think, just uh, even on its face. Uh, I think the line is, is super interesting, too, here with the 49ers being two-and-a-half-point favorites, and that's kind of where I'm leaning. They're dogs. Uh, I'm sorry, that's what I – yeah, two-and-a-half-point underdogs, and I, that's kind of where I'm leaning. Um, I think that the Niners – I might even – I think I'm just going to pick them in this game uh, straight up. We saw, you know, last week against the the Rams. Lee, I think you you made a nice call last week, kind of saying that the Rams were were you know are kind of maybe due for a regression, and the 49ers could could pull out that game. And you know, we saw, you know, good Jimmy G back in back in action. Uh, he's, you know, he just when it, when he can just be you know calm and and set up guys like Kittle and Debo for good yards after the catch. Um, you know, the offense tends to do well, and Raheem Mostert is. I think questionable for this game, so that's something to watch. But um, Patriots just looked not like themselves uh, against the Broncos. Um, I don't know, you know, if it's too smart to maybe say bet against them and say that's going to happen for for two weeks in a row. I think I just think this one's going to be a really good game. But um, I don't know. I kind of like the trajectory that the the Niners are on. Yeah, I think this is the toughest game to predict this week. Honestly, um, I've kind of been flip flopping. Ultimately, I'm going to pick the Patriots, I think, just because they're at home, and I'm not going to pick against Belichick after a loss. Um, would not be shocked at all if the Niners won. And, yeah, i got to give credit to Garoppolo, man. I don't think he's the issue with this 49ers team. A lot. He was getting a lot of flack after that Dolphins game. It was pretty clear that um, the ankle injury was still lingering there with some of the throws he was making. Um, but, yeah, I, I like this as a bounce-back week for the Patriots. They're hungry. I don't think Cam is going to turn the ball over as much as he did, he did last week. The offensive line for the Patriots kind of has to hunker down. They were getting exposed last week by Denver, and I'd like to see the Patriots be able to, you know, run the ball a little bit more effectively. But you got to believe Belichick's going to scheme something up on defense that's going to make 
life difficult for uh, for George Kittle um, in, the, in the 49ers offense. And, you know, I'm sure Shanahan will have a great response to it. I expect this game to be close, to be entertaining. But I honestly would go as far as to say I think the Patriots might need this win even more than the 49ers do. Um, so for that reason, for the home field advantage, for Belichick, I'm staying away, but uh, I'm going to pick the Patriots. Yeah, Lee, I completely agree with what you just said with the Patriots seeing this win more than the Niners. Um, and I think we should pump the brakes on the Jimmy G talk. I think that was just Shanahan's genius. The average depth of target on his throws was four yards. He was getting the ball out within, you know, like two seconds. Oh, I'm serious. Like, Klepp said it with – what do you mean? What, what's pumped the brakes on the Jimmy G talk? Well, I don't think Jimmy G played especially well. He was getting the ball out incredibly. F- I just said he's not the problem with the 49ers. Uh, yeah, you guys both said Jimmy G had a bounce-back game, and I don't think he really had a bounce-back game. I think he got the ball out. He was getting the ball out incredibly quick. and the. Bu- well, I mean, he threw two picks and got benched the week before, so I... Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I think. I think you know the the Niners. What we saw with the Niners beating the Rams was a result of you know why uh, you know everyone is has the hots for Kyle Shanahan and kind of the playmakers that they have that Klepp alluded to with Kittle, Debo, and I think you could throw Ayuk in there too. It's it's all about getting the ball out quick. You know, the, the average depth of target from his throws is four yards. It's all really close to the, the line of scrimmage and just getting the ball in the hands of your playmakers. Um, doing a lot of easy kind of, you know, reverses, those little pop passes, um, kind of making life easy for Jimmy G. And I think he's going to continue to to do that. And I completely agree with you, Lee. I would expect that Belichick is going to have, you know, an answer for that. Uh, whether, you know, we saw with the Raiders, how they just tried to eliminate um, Darren Waller. I'm assuming they'll probably try to do something of, the, of similar magnitude with with George Kittle, but I think that the, the 49ers can win with without Kittle. I think Shanahan will have his own type of response to that. Um, yeah, I completely agree with your guys' sentiment. I think this is probably the toughest game to pick. Uh, I'm not really confident either way, but uh, I think I'm going to take I think I'm going to take the Niners here just because I think they just have a little bit more talented of a team right now, and you know this is a big stay away for me. I'm I'm not really confident either way because I definitely expect the Patriots to be a lot better than they were last week against Denver, and um, you know I think their defense is going to have a little bit of a bounce back. I mean the defense played well against Denver, um, and I think they're going to be able to kind of limit the explosiveness of the 49ers offense. And I don't believe isn't Mostert not isn't he on uh, IR? I because I thought uh, he might be. yeah I think playing. McKinnon. I think McKinnon is going to be their guy for the next the next couple of games, Hasty. and um, yeah, Hasty, who I think looked pretty well, he's got some got pretty good. He's got some juice. Um, nice Baylor guy. So uh, the running game I think might take a little bit of a hit, not of explosive with without Mostert, but uh, I'm just going to be pumped to watch this game, and I'm just going to take the the Niners because they're a dog, and uh, you know I think this is going to be a pretty close game. I would put the line at even, so I'd take the Niners at two and a half. The Buccaneers, um, coming off a big win against the Packers, are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Vegas against the Raiders. And I like the Bucs in this one. Um, even with the minus three-and-a-half, they finally played um, you know, a complete game with, with no big mistakes um, against, against the, a pretty good Packers team uh, and beat, beat them 38-10. to 10. It was... You know, didn't even kind of you know collapse in the second half and let the Packers back in it. They just controlled that thing for for four quarters, and uh, I think if they keep putting you know games like that together, this Tampa team is is going to become I think what we we said that they would be before the season started. And um, I don't think the Raiders are good enough to keep pace with them, especially because they're having a bunch of issues with COVID this week. And Trent Brown, uh, I don't think Trent Brown will be playing, and the entire O line hasn't practiced in two days. So this game is also kind of a risk to be moved. But then also if maybe they say we're going to play the game, but the entire starting offensive line is out, you might want to jump on this line earlier or something because then I think uh, there's going to be a lot of issues for, for the Raiders playing all backups against a, a really ferocious Tampa Bay defense. So uh, I, I like the Bucks here minus three and a half. Yeah, I'm with you, Cup. I think the Buccaneers are the best team in the NFC. Um and I think they proved that last week, especially when all things are clicking. You can make an argument they, they're even the best team in the NFL when all things are clicking, honestly. Um, they have weapons everywhere. Their defense really gets after it. Tommy was talking about Todd Bowles earlier. I mean, the guy's arguably the best defensive coordinator in the league. 
And um, I love Vegas this year, but I'm not uh, in any rush to bet on them when the Buccaneers are coming to town. I think the Buccaneers are getting better as each week goes by. Um, and, you know, I think this is a spot where they're going to win. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Um, I think, Klepp, you made you made the best point kind of about, you know, the COVID stuff, which I wasn't really even aware of until today. Um, you know, Trump Brown for sure is not going to be playing because he's in isolation right now. And, you know, whether it's a backup offensive line or the starting offensive line, I think that's a that's a major hole for them. Um, I could see an argument being made for the Raiders being a little squirrely in this game and, you know, three and a half being a nice number for them at home to kind of keep this game close. But overall, uh, you know, I still I still think the Bucks the Bucks have issues on on offense that they're in the process of ironing out. But this is a really nice spot for them against a Vegas secondary that, you know, is very exploitable. Um, I don't really know who's going to be able to lock up Godwin in the slot for the Raiders. And then on the outside, you know, Evans is getting healthier and, you know, Gronk is, you know, Gronk is not who he once was, but is still a nice weapon and has a nice rapport with, with Brady. So I think the offense is getting better with in Tampa. And I alluded to it earlier with the defense. I think this is, you know, a top three defense in the NFL right now and is going to be able to give, this is the kind of the matchup where Carr and that offense can get exploited. So Definitely excited to watch this game, but I'm with you guys. I'd probably lay the three and a half with the Bucks, and we'll be picking them to win. The Bears, baby. Freaking Jonah texted me saying, you know, on, on Sunday, keep betting against the Bears. Keep picking against the Bears uh, on the show. And uh, I think this is the this is my last week here where it's like I'm, I'm, I'm picking the Rams. And if the the Bears win, I guess uh, I'll respect them for being six and one. I don't know. I I'm starting to hate the Bears more than the Packers just because of I think they're such a bad team, and I can't believe that they're five and one. Um, they went to L.A. last year and played horribly and and lost uh, to the Rams. They even took Mitch out in the fourth quarter in that one, which caused quite a stir on Sunday Night Football. So um, I'm going to say they're going to go out to. You know, play a Rams team that is upset after losing to the 49ers and uh, take a take an L that they deserve. I want to preface what I'm about to say by saying I gave my respect to the Bears last week. I do think they're a good team. I wouldn't say they're a top 10 team in the league. I wouldn't say that they're a you know a true blue five and one team, but they're absolutely a top end team in the league. Top you know 15 and should you know are without a doubt going to be in the playoff conversation. Um, the record already indicates that, basically. But this is my third best bet. I don't know if you guys noticed. I only went through two best bets. The, the L.A. Rams, minus six. The number's under seven. I think the Rams are going to win by a touchdown or more. I hope Jonah's listening. Um, beautiful bounce-back spot for the Rams. At home, McVay's going to scheme around this defense. The Bears have just been winning by six points against inferior teams week after week. i got to tip my cap in that Tampa Bay game, but... That was more poor, uh, you know, clock management by the Buccaneers, and I think the Buccaneers kind of got a little cocky in that game um, in Chicago. Prime time in L.A., Rams coming off a loss, a little bit of extra rest. McVay is going to draw up a beautiful scheme against this Bears defense, and I think that this Rams defense is going to really give uh, Nick Foles and that offense a lot of trouble. I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball like they have in weeks past. Um, and I think we're going to see uh, the Rams run away with this one and end up winning by 7 to 13, maybe 14 points here um, at home and, and secure that W and send the Bears to to a you know a still significant 5-2. and two. Yeah, I'm on the Rams as well. Uh, I'm not as confident as you, Lee, in laying the points. I think it's a, you know, it's a perfect tee spot to get them down to the money line if you want. But... Um, yeah, I think the Rams have a squirrely defense. You know, they have star power there with Ramsey and Donald, and I think the Bears' interior offensive line can be exploited. Um, you know, the, with the Bears, I think it come, their defense, I think, is one of the better units in the league. I definitely think they have a top ten defense. Surprisingly to me, especially in the secondary, I think they've been a little. They've, they're 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 better than I thought they were going to be, but. Um, I overall agree with the sentiment. Don't really have a position on the points, but I just think this is a, a bounce back spot for the Rams, um, where they're gonna, you know, they're gonna win this game against an opponent that they are better than. And you know, I think we all are on the fade the Bears train. Uh, I know Jonah's listening, and we've we've been fading them. I think Lee, we gave them the respect last week against Carolina, but I think this Rams team is better. 
uh, has a has a better offense, and this is just a good spot for them, especially coming off the loss that you like you alluded to with with San Francisco. So overall, I think this is a bounce back spot for the Rams. Not really as confident that they're going to be getting a, you know a, a seven plus uh, points win, but uh, I definitely think this is a, think this is a bounce back spot for them, and you know a little bit of a, a fade spot for the Bears. So. Lee, can you wrap up for us? What were your, your three best bets? My three best bets were to start off, it was the Carolina Panthers, uh, one o'clock kickoff, getting seven and a half in New Orleans. My second best bet was the Dallas Cowboys going to Washington. Um, anywhere from an even bet to anything under three, I think is a good bet on the Cowboys, honestly. Um, plug your nose and take that one. And then, last but not least, my only home best bet would be the Los Angeles Rams. I got them minus five and a half. If you can find that, take it. But as long as you're under seven, I think you're in decent shape with the Rams here. Um, I think this is the first game where the Bears are going to kind of get uh, outplayed in, in, in all four quarters and, and lose the game by a touchdown. All righty, boys. Thanks for keeping it a, a tight 60. Appreciate it. Q-State, Q-State scheming.